They walk in the skin of others, looking for their next victims. This world is a strange one. Once believed to be witch doctors who used the skin of various animals to shapeshift and harm people, skinwalkers in modern times have become something else. You may have seen a skinwalker if you've encountered a beast who mimics human sounds, a creature that doesn't look right, or an animal that isn't entirely one animal. Sightings of these terrifying creatures vary wildly, but one thing remains the same. They are lethal. Skinwalkers want to hurt people. They either see us as prey or insects, and you do not want to end up in their line of sight. So get ready for some allegedly real sightings of skinwalker encounters. But first, have you had a terrifying experience at an airport? And I'm not talking about those oh so exciting full cavity searches. If you've got a scary airport experience to share with us, be sure to send it over at darknessprevails.org. It might end up in a future video. Thanks. Anyway, does this human skin make me look fat? Number one, encounter with a skinwalker. Submitted by Stephen E. This all happened one day when I went to spend the day with one of my friends. We'll call him David. David is one of my closest friends and has been for the past seven or eight years. We grew up in church together and would always beg our parents to let us go to each other's houses after our Sunday services. But that all changed about a couple of years ago. It was July 1st of 2010. David was having a sleepover for his ninth birthday and I was invited. Now, before I begin this story, I would like to explain the layout of his property, which will be important further into this story. His house is set on a flat level field and it's about a quarter mile from the nearest house. The backyard is very wide and stretches all the way to the tree line behind the house. They had a swing set for his younger brother set up just a few meters away from the tree line. I arrived at his house at about four o'clock. The party did not start until about 4.30, so I was a bit early. He and I decided to go outside to shoot his BB gun to wait for the others to arrive. He dragged an old barrel out from his father's tool shed. Then we put four empty cans on top of the barrel and had at it. We were outside for about half an hour and we soon saw that other people were arriving so we thought we would head inside. It was a great time, and before we knew it, we were all passed out. That night though, I woke up around 12, and I did not know what woke me up. I was confused, as it was still dark out. I just assumed it was my instinct to get up and use the bathroom, but I didn't really have to go that bad. I decided to go downstairs and grab a drink of water, since I was really thirsty. Besides, maybe that's what woke me up. I got a glass of water and began to head back upstairs when I noticed the slightest movement outside of the kitchen window. I brushed it off though. I assumed it was a cat or something, maybe an animal of the night, and I continued to head back upstairs. When I got back upstairs, I opened the bedroom door and immediately I noticed that David was standing right in front of his bedroom window. I asked him, is everything all right? But there was no response. I was a bit weirded out by this so I slowly walked backwards and shut the door. I turned my head to the right and down the hallway and I noticed the bathroom light was on. I walked down the hallway and knocked on the door. From the other side, I heard someone say, yes, and it was David's voice. This instantly freaked me out. 
because there was no possible way he could have gotten from the bedroom to the bathroom in that amount of time without me seeing him. So I asked him, I, I thought you were in your room. He replied, no, I've been in here the whole time you were downstairs. I waited for him to get out. After that, I was not about to go anywhere alone. I began to explain to him everything that had happened, and I think he was as freaked out as I was. So he and I decided to go downstairs and watch TV, since his other friends were asleep and we did not want to wake them. We watched some late night episodes of Fresh Prince and just chilled downstairs for the time being. I was just about to fall asleep again when I heard a thud coming from the window directly behind me facing the backyard. At that moment, I was hesitant to turn around and see what was there. I did though, but I saw nothing. Just the dark tree line and the moon shining on all the tall pines and bright green grass outside. Honestly, I just knew something was off. I woke up David and I asked him if he would go outside with me to investigate the noise I heard. He agreed, though hesitantly, and we both walked quietly to the patio in the back where the noise had been coming from. We didn't go all the way out due to the fact that it was so dark and we had no flashlights with us. We didn't see anything out of the ordinary, but I soon noticed a figure standing at the edge of the tree line, just standing there staring at us. I could very well make out their silhouette due to the moon shining behind it. I was more than scared by this, so I pushed David to go back inside. We both stood at the glass door watching this thing standing there. He and I both could feel the air become very dreadful and we smelled the worst smell you could possibly imagine. It suddenly surrounded us and smelled of rotten eggs and burnt flesh, but much stronger. I could see this figure start moving towards us, but in the most bizarre way. It almost looked like a drunk person walking but at a steady pace, almost in rhythmic form. Right, right, left, left. As they got closer, we could slowly start making out facial features. Honestly, I wish I had never seen it because it was the most horrific and disgusting thing I've ever seen. And it was beyond human. Well, at least the face looked human, but beyond that, the head looked like a goat. It had hooves and antlers like you would see on a buck and it gave off such an evil vibe that I could barely look at it. It didn't take long for David and I to book it back upstairs, screaming like little girls and waking everyone up. We told everyone what we saw when they began to ask, but our parents were not as impressed. Everyone else though believed us. To this day, I still believe it was a skinwalker, but every time I tell the story to someone, they convince me it was just my imagination but I know for a fact that it wasn't, and I know what me and David saw that night was real. To this day, when I ask David about it, he gets this cold sweat and becomes extremely nervous, exactly like I do every time I think back on that moment. Number two, my experience with skinwalkers, submitted by Anonymous. This happened around two years ago during the summer. I had stayed with my uncle due to family reasons. He was very into our heritage as he was a Native American and all. We had stayed near a reservation. I think it was about three miles away from his house. He lived in North Carolina where he owned a bit of land. The natives had been hosting a sort of festival. It was to spread their beliefs about the conservation of the forest used as farmlands. One day I asked him about it. 
thinking it would be a fun way to bond with each other. And we went. Though the whole time I was there, I felt like I was being watched. Even up to a week after the festival, I could not shake the feeling of being watched, no matter what I did. Late one night, we were out driving in my uncle's old Ford truck. We were on a back road next to the reservation, and of course, there were no streetlights. We were on the edge of a big forest. Soon, we saw what looked like a deer in the road. It jumped out of the way quickly, so we never saw exactly what it was. Oddly enough though, my uncle with a very worried look on his face stopped the truck. He stared off into the woods trying to get a good look at whatever it was. A minute or so later, something heavy landed in the bed of our truck and it weighed the car down and shook it. My first reaction as anyone would do was to turn my head and see what was back there. But my uncle wouldn't let me. He pushed my head down so that I would not be able to look up and then he sped off. My head faced the floor of the vehicle, but I could hear the noises in the bed of the truck move to the roof and I could hear scratching and screeching noises. It was easily the most chilling sound I've ever heard. Eventually, after about 10 minutes, whatever it was jumped out of the bed. I could tell because when the weight was lifted, the truck bounced back up and the truck drove a bit easier. Whatever was back there must have been really heavy. Eventually, back at the house, I asked my uncle what had happened, and he explained to me in a very solemn voice that it was indeed a skinwalker. He had forced my head down because looking into their eyes meant certain death, and let's just say it was a secret we kept between us, and I now share this secret with you. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 3. Skinwalker Submitted by Tyler M. My first sighting was as a child when I was about five years old. My mother talked about her ancestors who were of Sioux blood, and she used to tell me stories. I was a child and they were just stories to me, so never once did I assume they were real. One day, my mom and dad took me and my half-brother to a graveyard. In the center was a statue of an Indian chief. It was very large and old. My mom sat there and took pictures while me and my brother climbed on it. Suddenly, my father turned pale. 
He grabbed my mother's arm and pointed to the woods. My curious brother and I followed the direction he pointed. Now, it's not common to see wolves where I grew up, especially a pack of them so close to human contact, but I remember counting nine wolves. Each one gave me a sense of what I was doing offended them. I remember my dad quickly picking me and my brother up and carrying us over to the car. Then, faster than we came, we left. As we drove away, I stared back at those wolves and they were looking back at me until we were out of sight. Several years later, I was 12 and I was always drawn to this portion of the woods about a half mile from our home. I grew up in a small town and I was beginning to read stories of old myths and legends of demons and shapeshifters and skinwalkers. I went on a hike through the woods one day, just doing what kids do, and I was enjoying myself. I didn't think much of it until I found a small clearing. It was in this swampy area. I had always heard rumors of a hermit living in these woods. Supposedly, people had seen him here and there, but I was told no one ever got close. Not sure that I believed it, I began to walk this marshy area until I got a weird feeling in my gut. It was that feeling that something was looking at you. I stopped and I looked towards the sun. It was maybe noon and clouds were light, and before my walk, it had been a hot day out. So when this cold chill came upon me, it was alarming to say the least. I turned to see a figure looming in a dark portion of the woods, and my body turned to stone. I remember sheer panic rising up in my throat, but my body refused to comply with the natural instinct to run for dear life. Their eyes were the creepiest part. They reminded me of topaz. They were very demonic. Soon my petrification was over, so I turned and ran back the way I came. But mere seconds later, I could hear something behind me. Something was stalking me. I wasn't sure if it was hunting me, but I felt it watching me as I ran. I had never known such horror until that moment. I never returned to those woods ever again. I was so scared I slept with the lights on for days. My dad and I used to cruise around and talk away from my mother's ears because she didn't condone dark paranormal talk. I guess she didn't believe in such things. He told me of a time when he was 17. He and his friends went out to a nature reserve in their hometown. They were drinking beer and having fun my dad said that he had told them that he could not drink much because he had to be the driver home. He told me that the moon was high and so it was bright, so the woods and the road were lit up. He said he was just cruising like we are now and he didn't really want to be home right away. He was taking his time when all of a sudden he saw this animal on the side of the road. It was very large and was hunched over eating some roadkill. He said when he stopped the vehicle, the creature stopped moving and then suddenly snapped to meet his eyes. He said whatever it was stood to about seven feet tall. He said it looked like a mix between a man and a wolf. He said he was so scared that he ripped it into reverse and tried his best not to panic. Then he floored it. But this creature proceeded to run after him and somehow, even though my dad was doing about 60 on the road, the thing was still out of his passenger window keeping up with the vehicle. He thought to himself that he was going to die, but eventually he made it back to the main road. He said he felt like he never lost it, that he could feel it there in the woods somewhere following them, and all in all, he was afraid to go home. This story really shook me, and I began to believe in the stories that I read. Later on when I was about 18, 
I came into contact with something from what he told me about as a child. I was out with a friend hunting squirrels in the woods. We had about five squirrels and we were carrying them back to our vehicle when suddenly we saw this blood trail. So obviously being morbid young adults, we followed the trail. As soon as we came up to the end of the trail, sheer terror struck my face. I looked up to this large oak tree with the torso of a large deer hanging from it. At first, I assumed that some hunter couldn't wait until he got home, so they were prepping the deer in the woods in an unorthodox fashion. Besides, there weren't any animals around that could do that, and the body was far from clean. It was messy and looked like it had almost exploded all over the place, and there were obvious claw marks in the side of its torso. I looked over at my friend, and at that point, he was panicking. He was reloading his 22. Every time he spoke, he stuttered, and his face was pale white. Seeing him act like that, it began to scare me, so I started to reload my weapon as well, because the only other weapon we had besides guns was an old hatchet, and that wasn't going to do much. We were miles from town, and we had not seen anyone in the large wooded area all day, so we ran the opposite way of the bloody trail, when we heard sticks snapping behind us in a quick pace. Soon we came upon this small cave out in the woods, but in front of it lay the other half of that deer. All either of us could feel at that moment was pure fear. I tried telling my friend not to panic, but we pointed our guns at the direction we were hearing the sounds, aware that something was watching us. Like fearful idiots, we began firing in random directions, trying to kill whatever it was, not even thinking about other people's lives or our own. When there was no ammunition left, we both turned and ran. And since that day, we have vowed never to tell anyone about it. And this is the first time I've ever told another soul. Number four, a real skinwalker sighting. Submitted by Anonymous. I live in Utah and it's one of the most overlooked states, but that doesn't mean it hasn't had its fair share of monster sightings and paranormal experiences. Anyway, my family goes camping every summer for five days in Ashley National Forest up in the high Uintas. So my family arrived at the campsite at around 10.30 p.m. It would have been darker out if it had not been for the huge bonfire my family made. So I was setting up my tent when I saw two red eyes in the trees nearby. It startled me, but I didn't panic. I really didn't have any reason to be concerned. It was just some animal in the woods. Therefore, I didn't pay it much mind. Later the next morning, I was curious. So I walked over to the spot where the eyes were and I saw deep hoof prints of a deer in the ground. There was a massive population of deer around here, so there was nothing wrong with this. I ignored it and went to breakfast. A few nights later on the last night, I asked my cousin if she would go to the bathroom with me, and she said yes. As she and I were walking to the outhouse, we saw what looked like a goat on the side of the mountain. We thought this was odd because we had never seen goats up here before, and this didn't look like a mountain goat at all. So we went on to the bathroom, but when we came back from it, we saw the goat again, but this time it was facing us and that's when we saw the brightest red eyes we'd ever seen. They were so similar to the ones I'd seen on the first night. Creeped out, we walked slowly away from this weird animal, but all the way back to camp, I could feel those eyes on me. 
The next morning, we decided to go fishing before we left, so we packed up everything and picked a spot to fish on the river. Keep in mind that this is Indian territory, which is already a dumb idea because we could have gotten fined, but we headed out anyway and caught a lot of fish. So after we were done fishing, my cousin and I spotted something in the brush along the edge of the forest nearby. And sure enough, there were those same red eyes. But this time, it wasn't from a goat or a deer. All we could make out was a pale, skinny figure that was both human and inhuman at the same time. But I'll never forget those eyes. They were the same eyes as before. My cousin and I just stared at the thing when it finally broke the silence. It bellowed this ear-piercing scream, and that's when we began to book it back to the campground as fast as we could, but the thing was chasing us through the undergrowth. Whatever it was was gaining on us fast, but we could see the campground, so we booked it even harder. Soon, we got to the camp, and the thing was nowhere to be seen. It was gone, but not before giving one final ear-piercing screech. My friend and I don't talk about what we saw often, but we know it to be real, and we both believe it was a skinwalker. Number five, the twin skinwalkers, submitted by John. I had the great honor of meeting not one, but two skinwalkers at the same time. Let me go over the landscape first. From where I was, to the right of me was an open grass field, and next to the grass field was the community college I would be later attending. To the other side of me on the left was a golf course that intertwines with a small forest and path going around. I have been on that path several times before, always getting this weird feeling that something wasn't right about it. It was off, just not right. I was out doing what I usually do during summer nights, walking around listening to music, because it was summer, the nights were nice and cool. All I needed was a t-shirt and a pair of cargo shorts, plus my favorite hat and shoes. It was about 12.30 at night when I was passing the golf course near my house. I got the feeling that something was watching me. Of course, I've gotten this feeling before, but it felt stronger this night. So I stopped and I looked around several times to see if there was someone other than myself outside. Spotting no one, I took out my headphones to listen hoping I could find out that way. It was then that I realized it was way too quiet. The sounds of nature were gone. No sounds of cars in the distance like there usually was. Certainly, there should have been some sort of noise, but I heard absolutely nothing. It was very chilling. I stayed still for a moment, thinking. Then I remembered that I had brought my flashlight with me. Being delighted that I had brought it, I reached down to my pocket and pulled it out. If something was there, I was hoping to catch its glowing eyes in the flashlight beam. When I clicked on the flashlight beam, almost instantly, I saw these glowing eyes. I stood stock still as I stared at what was before me. I did not, did not expect two pairs of glowing orange eyes staring right at me. I've never seen eyes like that. They were almost literally glowing orange. Not sure what to do other than stay still as possible. I just stared right back at them. It was then that I noticed how high the pair of eyes were off of the ground. They were maybe seven feet from the ground. Holy crap, I thought. What kind of animal stands that tall around here? I noticed that they never blinked even once. It was extremely creepy, 
and I kept hoping that it was some sort of trick of the eyes. I stood there for what felt like 10 minutes, staring back at these creepy eyes. I was trying to think of what I could do. I did not want to get any closer than what I was, and I didn't want to risk getting attacked by whatever this thing was. If I kept going along the path, I'd be going right past it. Running might have been my only option. With that on my mind, I slowly started to turn my back so it was facing the field, my flashlight still on the glowing eyes. I was very cautious, very slow. I took baby steps one at a time. When I thought I got far enough away from that thing, I decided to walk a bit faster. I wanted to get a good head start ahead of this thing before it ever decided to give chase. Before I turned off my flashlight and put it back in my pocket, I remembered that my music was still going. I looked down for a second, and I saw that my earbuds were hanging out of my shirt, and I've always hated them like that while running. So I decided to put them back in to listen to music, whatever would take my mind off of things. As soon as they were back in my ears and my flashlight was back in my pocket, I made a mad dash for home. I was going so fast that my hat almost flew off, so I quickly turned the hat around so it didn't fall, and I continued to sprint. I just kept telling myself to ignore it, to run faster and faster, and then I did the one thing you don't want to do. I looked behind me. I'm curious by default, so of course I looked behind me to see if whatever it was had given chase, and what do you know? It did, but it confused me. From the short glimpse I got of it, it looked to be a really large coyote, borderline wolf size. The sight of it made my adrenaline rush, and I pumped my legs to go even faster. When I glanced back again, there were two of them, both keeping up and following me. As I approached my house with these things still telling me, I was thinking of the fastest way to enter the house. I did not want to be outside too long trying to get in, so I decided going through the garage would be my best bet. Again, I looked behind me, and I didn't see anything, but I was not about to relax. As soon as I got up to the garage, I pushed in the code and opened it just enough to get under the door. I rushed over to the other side to close it. I finally felt a bit safe and my adrenaline was wearing down. At that point, my lungs were burning as if they were on fire. I was gasping for air, slumping to the ground, just sitting there for a moment. For a long time after this, I wondered what I saw. Even if they were the biggest coyotes in existence or actual wolves where there shouldn't be, that doesn't explain those orange eyes. No animal has eyes like that. It was far from natural. Number six, Australian Skinwalker. Submitted by Carly. I'm a young woman from a remote part of Western Australia. I'm surrounded by thousands of kilometers of farmland and bushland, forest if you're not familiar with the term bush, and we have a large variety of native wildlife on our farm and in surrounding bushlands. Anyway, on to the story. Every day after work, I walk my two border collies through a selected bush track, which is roughly 10 kilometers long as a way to unwind from my crappy job. I've seen some very creepy things in there before, such as dead kittens and livestock, which have been dumped by farmers and thrown across logs in a creepy fashion, but that's nothing compared to what I saw on this day. It is important to note that since we are so rural here, there's a severe lack of people. 
but sometimes I still pass a camper or two, and sometimes even someone growing drugs out in the remote bush. So, as I was walking my dogs late last year in the middle of summer, I was surprised when my two dogs stopped and began to growl. I could see the hair on the back of their necks began to stand up. I thought that it may have just been a kangaroo or a feral pig as my younger dog gets quite worked up when they're around. This thought quickly faded when I felt cold and I broke out in goosebumps, even though it was a hot 37 degrees Celsius outside. A couple of seconds after the temperature dropped, I rounded the corner and there was a little girl standing in the middle of the bush trail and suddenly seeing someone there scared me. The little girl was looking in the opposite direction with her back to me and looked around seven years old by her height. She had dirty blonde medium length hair, a plain red shirt and black shorts. As I was about to laugh to myself about letting this little girl scare me, who was probably just camping with her parents, the girl turned and she looked at me. This was no girl. Her eyes were solid black. Not black as in contact black, but a hollow, lifeless black. This thing opened its mouth and let out an ear-splitting howl. It turned and ran back on all fours into the bush. Needless to say, I hightailed it out of there, dragging my poor, cowering, frightened farm dogs and ran for about six kilometers. I was completely filled with fear and covered in goosebumps and I felt adrenaline rush inside me. My lungs were burning and my legs ached and my head spun. After about another two kilometers, I finally got home. I ran inside and locked the dogs and myself in my bedroom. I was too scared to come out to even eat dinner. After that, I did not walk through that bush for a month, but since walking again, I have not experienced anything out of the ordinary. I've been walking this bush since I was 10 years old, and I've never experienced anything like this before. I'm sharing this with you, trying to figure out what I saw. Judging by the feral look in her eyes and the way she scurried away, perhaps it was an Australian skinwalker, a native aboriginal spirit disguised as a little girl. Or maybe, if I'm lucky, it was just some really effed up prank played by some campers. Either way, I'll never walk through the bush the same way again. And number seven, something from the desert followed me. Submitted by Xi or Su Wee. Many of you may not believe this story, and honestly, I'm having a bit of a hard time believing it myself. I live in a small community in the middle of an empty desert. My biological father is a bit of a menace. He has thrown several of my cats and some strays I used to feed into the desert. Several of them have not been seen or heard from again. Now to the story. I recently began to hear one of my cats meows from the desert and have taken my dog walking out there searching for her. After three days of going out, calling, searching, and getting no actual replies when I was out there, I finally realized something. Those mews I had been hearing did not sound right. There was something completely off about them and I had been able to ignore that until I began to hear frantic cries from the cat in the desert. Sneaking out once again, I just stood near the entrance, calling and looking around, while my dog sniffed at an old abandoned mattress. It was around sunset, and honestly, I did not like being out there when all I could see were shadows and just a few feet in front of me. 
I stayed there for 10 minutes until I started hearing what I thought were troublemakers trying to scare me, or at least trying to sneak up on me for whatever reason. So I quickly scooped up my dog and dashed back inside the community walls, making my way back home, literally across the entrance from the desert, a hole in a brick wall. That night was filled with the mews outside my window, and they kept sounding wrong, like distorted. I was very grateful that I remembered to shut my curtains, because I did not want to see what was making those noises, because it was not my cat. Two hours later, the meowing finally stopped, but when I looked at the window, I could see the shadow of a face pressed against it. As I looked at the face, I heard strange distorted cries again. Suddenly, without warning, the face turned, and then the figure disappeared. Soon after that, I heard the footsteps and talking from kids outside the window. Something was mimicking voices. The next day, I decided to spend the week at my grandmother's to get away. It felt like I was losing my mind. The first few nights were pretty normal and quiet, until one early morning I was standing near my older cousin's window, and I heard those same meows again. So I woke up my cousin, and she said she could hear them too. I don't like when people can see or hear things I'm dealing with, because that makes it more real, and that was something I couldn't deny anymore. While at my grandma's, I would usually sit outside late and visit with my cousin's two cats until she got home from work. However, for the last few nights I was there, I did not feel safe continuing my routine and waiting outside. One night, I was foolish, and I waited outside, and I could hear chirping and meowing from the golf course across from my grandma's house. The sounds did not stop until I hid behind one of the pillars on her porch and stood motionless. I'd been home for two days now, and whatever that is stays outside my window, torturing me. I refuse to walk my dog at night unless someone is with me, and I have never returned to the desert. Every now and then, I'll hear a whisper and book it back into the house. I'm praying and hoping that this is just someone's sick joke, but my grandma believes it's a skinwalker. We've even found a few footprints outside my window after it had rained, and the strangest part is they start out animal, and slowly become human. I just, I feel like I'm slowly going insane. Skinwalkers are horrific creatures of Native American folklore. Sometimes they might be other people with sinister powers and purpose, and sometimes they're creatures trying to mimic humans to lure them in. And who knows what happens when they get you? Maybe you wake up in bed thinking it was a nightmare, or maybe you wind up dead in the forest with all your skin torn off. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your airport horror stories soon at darknessprevails.org. Thanks.